I'm getting my um, debating game up. Oh, with the penguin. <laughs> You're Batman and he was the penguin. How did that American troll make it onto our channel? I have no idea. I don't know. You do the socials. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All Men Can podcast. My name's Anthony. My co-host is Damien, and welcome to 2019. Happy New Year, Damien. Oh, wish we could say it was Happy New Year. It's bloody hot New Year, first and foremost, plus about the only thing that I have to be thankful for, and I was talking about this with my 80-year-old mother, uh, who was talking about, oh, these bloody National Party MPs who are sexting and doing all this, this and that, that. What are our politicians doing? It's like, well, at least we've got a government that can pay its employees. Willing to pay its employees over a wall that you could, uh, that the bits of it that have been built look like you could get through with a pair of tin snips. So it's, it's not a wall. It's a strategically placed barrier in a row. I, I don't know whose joke this is I'm stealing, but there was, um, the, the joke was basically, it seems like Donald Trump doesn't realise that Mexicans may have ladders. <laughs> ladders or shovels. We are being jovial. However, at the time of recording, uh, it has been an absolute onslaught against men, starting with the Gillette ad for a razor. Now, I don't know if you've taken your customary photo of me, but um, my beard's gone. But I have to say, I actually shaved it off before the Gillette ad. Uh, came out. So are you feeling attacked, Ant? Are you, did you throw all your disposable razors out? Did you, like, what's what's the big deal? No, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a hippie. So I uh, I go for one of those big ones with the replaceable heads. So I'm not actually throwing out the, uh, the handle for like six months or something absurd like that. So that's my hot tip to you, minimising the uh, the landfill there. When the whole Gillette ad hit, I thought, oh, great, here we go. What was your initial thought as soon as you watched the ad? Were you a fan? Did you grimace? Did you pump your fist? Did you think, well, well at least we know what we're talking about on the next All Men Can podcast? I loved it. I don't buy Gillette products and, you know, Procter & Gamble, down with massive global corporations, etc. But as an ad from a global corporation, uh, I think it hit a pretty sweet spot. And um, it was not uh, unpredictable that there would be some very hurt feelings and some frothing commentary about how it was an attack on men. But I just... I can't seem to get anyone of that position that I've engaged with to explain what is so wrong with an ad that is trying to give men some guidance on how to be compassionate. Don't be a shit bloke. You're not a shit bloke? Great. Let's help other blokes not be shit. P.S. Buy razors. Yes? Yes? Now, look, here's the thing. I have been a contributor to Rupert Murdoch platforms. I've been paid a little bit by News Corp, and I mean a little bit, like, you know, pocket money for a couple of articles I've written. But um, Miranda Devine, yeah, she says that the Gillette ad, demonising little boys as incipient wife bashers. That's a hell of a leap. But what she, the point that she was making with this is that the, the boys will be, you know, the bit of the barbecue where the boys are wrestling, well, you know, are wrestling in inverted commas out the back. And then there's the line of dads with their arms crossed. Boys will be boys, will be boys, will be boys. That's quite powerful, that little, that little panning shot there. If you take time, and this is the problem, people give it a halfway's glance and then get all up in arms about it. That child was actually beating up the other one on the ground. 
underneath him. It wasn't play, it wasn't play wrestling. I mean, there's plenty of, of, of psychologists and, um, and parental experts that, you know, wrestling for any child, having that sort of tactile rough and tumble is good for anyone's sensibility. It's a, it's a great bonding moment. I mean, they do it to the, the bloody lions are doing it in the jungle and all that sort of stuff. Bloody bring it on. But when you are beating someone up for your own enjoyment, even, even something like, I suppose, why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? It can start there. And we have a rule in my family, and I've spoken about it with my two boys, six and a half and nine. Our, our behavioral filter is fun, gentle, and kind. Just because, you know, we need to be gentle so that we're not being rough. Yes, we can have fun, but it's not, you're not the only person who needs to be having fun. You've got to stop and think, is what you're doing or saying fun for the other person as well? I'm teaching my, my wife and I are teaching our boys not to be shit blokes. And that's what that ad is saying. Surely, yes, and, and I suppose because it's trying to dovetail off the back of the Me Too movement, um, that immediately it's just like, oh, you're pandering and you're trying to sell, you know, you're trying to be politically correct and, you, you know, your, your supporter base is, is going to, um, you know, revolt and everything else. Uh, Jane Caro, who's a wonderful Australian and a marketing expert, she's brilliant. She's just like, who's actually buying the, the shavers at the supermarket? Is it, are the husbands actually going exp- like out and then lining up in the 10 items or less? The majority of the purchasing decisions are made and, and actions are being done on the ground by the CEOs of the household. So, you know, you can throw them out all you like. Your wife's probably going to go out and buy you some more. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. For me, I grimaced a little bit because it's like, oh my God, this is a great message, but because it's tethered to a corporation and a product, it'll be diminished. Uh, That was my concern. And I I, I went immediately to uh, Pepsi. Remember with one of the bloody Jenners or Kardashians or whichever, all those protests that were happening in America. And then she walks up to them and hands the right police a Pepsi and, oh, it's all love and that. They were slammed for that. And I'm like, could this be the same ilk? I also, because I've saved them all, I've got them all on my computer, all those, you know, stop it at the start ads that the Australian government has been running. There's been state government ads. There's been um, federal government ads trying to curb, I suppose, you know, uh, empower people to, to stop blokes being shit blokes. And the imagery and the themes and the messages was very much the same. It's just that it didn't come out of the public purse. So I'm like, uh, yeah. there's far right with it than there's, there is far more right with it <laughs> than there is wrong with it, I, I would suggest. Um, and there has been a lot written about it. My God, Clem Ford wrote a fantastic one and you would expect that. But I'm going to actually, on the ABC's The Drum, uh, there was a, a back and forth about it, and um, and even John Hewson was involved, former leader of uh, the Liberal opposition. But the, the back and forth as far as we're not letting boys be boys and we're demonising boys, why are we being triggered to that alarmist, you know, again, it's the not all men. Not all boys will grow up to, to, to rape women and murder women and bash their wives. So we can't even go near there because not all men, not all boys. That's why we're talking. I saw that there's there's been some great little snapshots on on social media. One that um, passed on my feed was uh, Ryan Knight at Proud Resistor. Masculinity is not under attack. Masculinity is being redefined to not include harassing women or bullying people who are different than you. Masculinity is being expanded to a more loving space. And if you can't handle that, then you deserve to be left in the past with your hate. 
Oh, I quite like that one. It's a little bit dramatic. Um, I think Jane Carroll actually had a, a couple of other nice little... Oh, there's some perlers, and I should probably go back and, and do some retweeting. Uh, Todd Sampson, another marketing genius and uh, good fellow, he basically finished up a tweet, if this ad offends you, you're the target. And that's the dilemma that we talk about all the time in as much as that, well, how do you reach the unreachable? Those who need to actually heed this message, they're not subscribing to the All Man Can podcast on their Apple devices. They're, they're rolling their eyes every time they see the type of articles that we try to impart or reflect in our feed. Um, it's political correctness gone mad. I don't bash my wife. How is this going to stop people being randomly murdered just simply by being, you know, not a not a shit bloke? It starts from there. That barbecue scene in the ad um, with the, the two boys fighting, I was reminded that over the summer break, my two older kids were doing a surf life-saving training week and we were down there at the beach just sort of watching them running around and, and in front of me there were two boys who seemed to be doing a little bit of the, the push and shove, which I had I have to admit, at first, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're just having a little, of a little bit of a play around. And then one of them pushed the other harder, and then he tried to get him in a headlock with his arm actually like almost like a chokehold. And I was metres, like two, three metres away um, from these boys, and uh, I couldn't help myself. I just bounded in there with my... Um, delightfully loud voice. Your dad, not your dad voice. My dad voice. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more like my dad's voice. Um, <laughs> just to uh, just to get them to break it up. And there was just <laughs> the look on the um, the more violent of the two was uh, absolute confusion. Like, why would anyone be stopping him from fighting? But also, no one else around was paying attention to it or even seem to care that it was happening. I've been in, in certain situations like that with, with younger kids, like I'm talking uh, preppies, and each family is different and each family has a, a, a very different threshold for that sort of back and forth. In fact, we had um, lovely, it was lovely, we had visitors over Christmas which um, uh, two boys, very similar in age, uh, but certainly haven't hung out since they were a lot younger, like some of them before they could walk and talk, came into our house and they were playing in the pool and that. And for my two boys, who I'm sure, uh, you know, uh, somebody who's seeing the situation would probably refer to them as a bunch of pussies, but for these two boys, their, di- their physical dynamic and their thresholds were a lot higher than my boys. And, you know, I had to just go, okay, that's that family. The mother's there. It's fine. They weren't, they were, you know, I suppose it was coming within the circle of my two boys, which is why they actually removed themselves from the situation and said, those guys are playing a bit too rough. So they went inside. They removed themselves from the situation and let our guests enjoy the the, the pool in the back. So that's self-regulation. You know, that's actually, if you can't change the situation, well, then remove yourself from it before it escalates. But those boys, there was no tears between the two brothers. There was no actual um, aggression. It was just the way that, that they were playing. Now I was just like, well, is that problematic? Is 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 that is does is is it because of the, that sort of difference, or because of that high threshold that that leads on to you know bigger rough and tumble as you get older, and that's when 
you know, is that the root of toxic masculinity, Ant? Is that what is that what's wrong? We shouldn't let boys be boys. That's why it's all all going to hell in a handbasket, or it has been going to hell in a handbasket for a very long time. I'm not saying that it is. I'm not citing that as an example, but it's it's just it was just evident uh, the way in which our family is is quite different from others, which is probably why a lot of a lot of fathers of my friends aren't doing podcasts about violence and towards women and equality in society. I have to say, uh, you you have used that mantra before. I think on the podcast, the fun, gentle, and kind. I haven't memorized it, and I, I'm actually just I'm thinking of sort of uh, building behaviour in my son and actually my youngest daughter. They they like to get at each other a little bit, and. I'm going to try it, the fun, gentle and kind thing. And it's not to say that my six and a half year old doesn't bloody take a swing at his big brother at times. Like they can, they can crack it and they can turn it on and, you know, and it can escalate, you know, it can go from, from fun and games to, you know, what was that for? Blah, blah, blah. But here's the other thing we've, and we turned it on its head. It's like, well, okay, if you're not being fun, gentle and kind, what are you being? Rough, rude and mean. So if you're not being fun, gentle, and kind, you are being rough, rude, and mean. And my boys don't like it being pointed out when they're being rough, rude, and mean. Or we've given the, them the vocabulary now for if somebody's upset them in a school situation or in a sporting situation, well, what was wrong? Oh, they were rough, and they were rude, and they were mean. Which is like, right, okay, cool. And then we can actually take it and, you know, I suppose unpack that a little bit. But you've got to have you've got to have the dark side and the light. And my wife and I we talk about it quite a lot when it comes to our boys. That that we have very high expectations of, and we actually tell them that too. You know, a little family meeting before we go off to to Christmas dinner with the relatives. It's like, right, okay. So what do we expect from you guys? Be fun, gentle, and kind. Absolutely, you can have fun, but don't attack the dog. Don't jump on the furniture. You know that, that what we expect you to behave, and you know we try not to govern with bribery and threats in as much as if you do that, will bloody blah, blah. I've never raised a hand to my child. I've never threatened to raise a hand to my child. And I think we're breeding not shit blokes, I would like to think. And a lot of that actually comes down, and we've talked about it before, I don't want to go around in circles and harp on again, the concept of consent, whether that's kiss chasey or tickles or, you know, even them being in the shower, some of the things that, that sometimes the boys have a shower and some of the things they get up to in the shower, I'm just like, guys, can you just keep your hands and bits to yourself? What the bloody hell are you doing? Mate, I've come across a, uh, an article I'll post it on our socials. Uh, Sophie Whitecross, who I've never um, uh, heard of before. Uh, so you're a man who actually cares about women but you don't know how to stop other men from raping and murdering women. And there's an easy 10-step program. And it's to, to tantalise you, to hook you in, point number one is stop using Pornhub. So if you're keen, if you're keen on, um, on reading those ones, again, some of them are quite practical, some of them are quite involved. Check our socials. We'll, we'll, um, we'll put them up once this goes live. But, you know, we're always talking about, for, for you and me, Ant, what we are trying to achieve here and, you know, we believe that all men can help make the world a better place for, for everyone, a safer place and a fairer place. This article goes a long way to that. But anyway, at the end of the day, it, like Gillette, do read the articles, especially against. I'd really, I'd really like you to read the articles that talk against 
what uh, Gillette's doing. I'll see if I can tweet some some out um, because f- I don't know how anyone can can seriously make those arguments in in good faith as a human that masculinity is under threat. And even if it was, so what? Just one footnote on that, reading articles against, I'm starting to learn about toxic femininity because apparently that's something that needs to be in a Gillette ad as well. <laughs> well, just all, all you do there is you just make the razors pink and charge twice the price, surely. Procter & Campbell already did that. But anyway, on to more important things I would suggest. Um, yeah, so that ad was a day, maybe two days, before another tragedy in our glorious uh, state capital city. A young woman by the name of Aya Masawe, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, was murdered near La Trobe University, a place that uh, both of us have a, a connection to, uh, just as an aside. Oh, look, that, that and, and again, too, at the risk of making this all about me, it's certainly not about me. That's my old stomping ground. That 86 tram line has a very dear place in my heart. There's been songs written about that tram line and I have taken countless solo tram rides home, even as recently as as in the last five years. I don't live in Melbourne anymore, but I did uh, the mid-90s through to the noughties and I've fallen asleep drunk on that tram and I've stumbled home from the last stop I think it's still last RMIT up into the suburbs without a second thought for my safety. And look what, and this is what's the, and here we are talking about another young life taken. So the, the offender was arrested uh, near to the community I live in now. And on a local Facebook page, an older gentleman asked with great caution and compassion, what could we do as a community to make it safer? It went in two directions. One, I'm sure you'll be able to guess. Uh, it was uh, there were some very sensible ideas that came up in the discussion, and then there was basically what I'll call the hashtag "Not All Men." Now, in Melbourne, our contemporary starting point is Jill Mars' rape and murder. I think six years ago, and I would say our tipping point is Eurydice Dixon's rape and murder just last year. Jill Maher's widower Tom spoke up about Aya's death, saying he was thoroughly sick to the stomach of men murdering women. I have to say that I, I completely agree with him there. And as with Eurydice Dixon's death, a vigil was held to honour Aya. This time, no chance of the memorial being defaced as the vigil was held on the steps of Parliament House. Um, so that was just a, a day or two after the Gillette ad and the people were sort of using both things entwined as a a reason to go, no, not all men. What about women? What about men as victims? All the usual sort of stuff, but really it's, I mean, the the razor, back to the razor, it's quite an absurd thing to get bent out of shape over. Shirley Moody, founder of the Red Heart Campaign, we've had... Uh, Red Heart represented on one of our early episodes. Yeah, close connections with the Red Heart. Yep, an amazing project. Asked the question, men, where is your outrage for Aya? And I'm just going to leave that open because I think it's a very valid question. Like, people were not getting as worked up on the internet about Aya's murder as they were 
about a fucking razor. So, so could we? I mean, you know, throwing some some mud and seeing where it sticks is because she wasn't Australian born, because she wasn't Anglo. She's Palestinian. Yeah, is this is this what the road we're going down? I don't know. I I don't want to think so. Um, but you know, as a country, we're doing a pretty good job of looking like a bunch of racists, especially if you cast your mind back to St Kilda two weeks ago, where there was what could quite easily be described as a uh, neo-Nazi rally. Um, actually quite alarming, the amount of people who were, whether in jest or genuinely um, using the uh Kyle salute as part of that protest. Okay, dickheads, they're professional shit-stirrers. Um, and agitators, and and I, I really don't think, I don't give them the credence to actually know the significance of salutes or helmets or, you know, holding their fingers under their nose or whichever. Or even uh, the Australian um, flag, sorry. And, and the Australian flag can look like whatever it is, uh, whatever it could well be, but it is still our national flag. And there are some rules around taking pride in that flag, a couple of which are it, it should never touch the ground, that's disrespecting the flag, and it should never be wrapped around your fucking neck like a cape, although that's not quite the wording, but that's the fucking principle. Like, it should mm-hmm. not be worn as a garment. Well, they wanted to stop that at the big day out because of, of, of the uh, of the Cronulla-isms and the, and the, tribal, the, the toxic tribalism. It's one thing to have Aussie pride, it's another to wear it like a badge as if... Um, yeah, well, it is tribalism. It's scared people... I mean, tell me, if you know someone who's got the, the Southern Cross tattooed on them, why? Because it's a level of branding. We do digress slightly. We do. Um, I, I guess just to come back to the uh, the sort of social media side of things, um, in the, the Men of Victims 2 camp uh, on this local uh, page, um, I received personal stories from men who had experienced domestic violence or were protecting their children from their mother and her new partner. So I just have to acknowledge, you know, it's, it is undeniable that men can be victims too and women can be offenders too, but it's not an excuse to avoid looking at how to influence a change in attitudes towards violence and towards women. And then I saw another little tweet by Toby Francis, at Toby underscore Francis, not all men rape like not all drivers drive drunk but we don't target drunk driving ads just to drunk drivers. We target all who drive. Messages go to all because all are part of the solution. Why is this a hard concept to understand? And that is actually uh, very much in line with what a friend had said to me uh, in a message when I was um, facing the conundrum of how to respond to the other friend who was saying, well, as soon as you bring gender into the stop violencing, then I'm out. Mm. But it's, this, is, this is right, and this is a very succinct thing. Uh, whether it's rape or whether it's violence against women, you target everyone because you want everyone to get the message because you want everyone to spread the message. The, here's the thing. The shame now associated with drink driving, the shame, and that shift, I stood toe-to-toe with Rosie Batty. Uh, last year, uh, and in, uh, I don't mind saying it again and again, an incredibly profound experience. She s- stood there in front of a group of people uh, and told us that she has hope because she thinks that it's cultural and attitudinal. Hopefully the 
all of us can come together and realise, you know, things are shit and we need to change them. And she looks at smoking. You know, you could smoke on in bloody, not just restaurants, but trains. Now, yes, you're a socially pariah and you can suck it up. I used to smoke, so I don't anymore, so I know how you feel, but I don't care. Th- things will change. And it, and it comes from lobbying. It comes from pointing out uncomfortable facts about what's going on. And you cannot dispute the facts. For God's sakes. It's not a valid argument. Sit down. Or don't bark back at me too. Don't raise a fist saying not all men. Go help those men. Go help those men who are victims. What are you doing? Simply saying, oh, we're not going to do anything to change because women over here, because what about the few men over here? Do something. Do anything. Write a letter to your local representative and talk about how men need better support in uh, the family court system, or we need more resources for depression and mental illness, and we need better resources in the health system for, for men and women. Do something positive. Don't just bark back with not all men. Because we said so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think I can top that. I think that was quite quite the spray, actually. We're going around and around in circles because the debate is going around and around in circles and it dies down until another woman is dead. And there are vigil, there are vigils for, you know, when it happens in the street. But when it happens behind closed doors, that's the other thing. And it's so disproportionate. It is so disproportionate. I'm going to post this article up on our socials, Ant, as far as what's happening in uh, New South Wales. In New South Wales, we actually have a statistic from last year that around 25,000 AVOs put, were put out against against men. So it's not all, all men, but there's a bloody lot of them. It's not just about the fatalities. You know, you hear about the ultimate, the ultimate sadness when somebody's life is taken... But when there's threats and, you know, actual, oh, look, it's just, it's just ridiculous. All right. I mean, last year, last year in New South Wales, 32 people died in domestic violence related homicides, right? 32. This is just in New South Wales. More than 70% of them were women and children. And I would, I'll put a thousand dollars down that the majority of the perpetrators, the far majority of the perpetrators were male and, and obviously known to the victim. I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> <laughs> we could just sit here and regurgitate um, and articles poorly, but you might as well just go and um, and read them for yourself. So we'll get them. We'll get them up on your socials. There's a lot of discussion going on, and the best way for you to do something about it, what all men can do, be armed with the facts. Be armed with the facts. Um, and be confident within them, because when you've got that tea room conversation, you can actually disarm a shit house ignorant argument. With well, actually, I know that that's not the case. I know, oh, all stats are fudged. All stats like, well, what are we going to go on? It's either rumor and innuendo, or you know, oh, the stats lie, or it's underreported, or it's overreported. Like, because you can hear it, you can hear it right now, Ant. We put that post up. And it'll be like, well, half of them are probably um, have have been put in by the lawyers of the 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 wife who's trying to get out and trying to get a divorce, and oh, so slap an AVO on the dad. Uh, 
what was the the anecdote that I heard the other day was that um, if there is, if police are called to a household uh, and there is some discussion of um, domestic violence, then the man's going to be arrested without question. Um, yeah, don't know how quantifiable that one is, but so taking action can also look like just certain things to say. And this was a, an older piece that we did put on our Instagram and Twitters uh, the other day, uh, how men can call out violence against women every day. Say things like, nobody likes hearing that. That's pretty offensive if you think about it. Breaking it down, like it's a, it's a really good list of very innocuous conversational types of things that you could say to someone, even if you felt intimidated or if you felt worried, like these are pretty unobtrusive, non-aggressive uh, questions and comments. And then it, it does even go to the point of saying, if you really don't feel comfortable speaking up sometimes, you can just give a look to make it clear you thought the comment was lame. I, I like that. Why? I don't, I don't get it. Can you explain it? Because that actually, that sets, uh, that's my favourite. And that can be racial, that can be gender, that can be, be any sort of off-the-mark comment. I actually get, I actually get tagged in posts of <laughs> there was a local restaurant who put up the worst meme, the worst meme. I'm not going to repeat it, but basically a mate of mine just tagged me and it went, I don't get it. And I was like, no, I don't get it either. Look, very sad, very sad. I think as we record this, by the time we get the edit up, um, there's going to be a special feature on, on the project. I, as father, speaks to the project and speaks of his gratitude to the public because it, like I, I was, I was looking at the news feeds and his family, uh, like her family came out saying that police aren't doing enough because it was getting close to 24 hours. Like an hour later they had an arrest and then like, you know, five, uh, you know, five, six hours later that they, they put the charge in. So he's going to speak, obviously it's a big get, you know, uh, media wise for, for the project, but in, in, in that family's like, you know, sending your daughter from Palestine <laughs> to Australia to study, you would think, you know, well, where are you going to, you know, catch some dramas? So they're absolutely heartbroken. But but from um, the the teasers and the promos that they were playing today, wanting to express that, you know, that they appreciate and feel the vigil, you know, the fact that the, the 86 tram line, that the flowers that were being collected from every tram stop, I mean, that's just, you know, again, too... Awfulness brings out the best in people, but it shouldn't have to wait until somebody loses their life before we actually, sh you know, showcase how, how caring and uh, considerate that we can be as a species. It's just, it's awful. Oh, I can tell you how awful we can be as a species. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> okay, we've got the resignation of Kelly O'Dwyer from Australian federal politics. Are you across... Kelly O'Dwyer? Uh, I, I am, um, Minister for Women, and this is the, the sort of, uh, well, th th there have been a lot of resignations or defections of women in the Liberal Party since there was, um, we got up to Prime Minister number 87 for um, the year, and um, I, I want to talk to someone about this particular topic um, to just sort of well, I just I want to talk to women about this particular topic to sort of understand the perspective because Kelly O'Dwyer, from what I understand, Minister for Women, is resigning from politics um, so that she can focus on having a, a third child. 
Now, what I don't have the um, wherewithal to discuss is, okay, she's making her choice. That's her choice. But she's the Minister for Women. Shouldn't she also be providing an example of how to be a working mother? But again, it's her choice. So I haven't talked to anyone about it. This is the first time I've said it outside of my head. And please don't shoot me. No, look, I think um, uh, her first two children uh, were conceived under IVF. And so for her family, um, they're, they're big on going for a third. And for her, there's no practical way with, uh, you know, I suppose trying to conceive naturally or whichever the pressures of IVF and everything else, um, she wouldn't see it being fair moving forward, I suppose. Um, but, but as far as politics is concerned, in any sort of career or sector to a degree, it's a case of, well, can women have it all or whichever? Well, in this instance, it's just not practical because the type of job it is to be uh, a, a representative in our in our parliament is that you're elected, you do the job. You know, Matt Leave doesn't quite come into it. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a concern within itself. What's amazing, though, is that Union News Australia, okay, so we're talking the unions, The thing is, Kelly O'Dwyer was Industrial Relations Minister, right? So they put up on their Facebook page, our thoughts on the resignation of jobs and Industrial Relations Minister Kelly O'Dwyer. And they created a meme, which has got her smiling face. The thing is, no matter your politics, I was actually a fan of Kelly O'Dwyer. I think she was a shot in the arm for, you know, the old white men party that is the LNP. You know, they created this meme, bye-bye, bitch. That's woke. We're back with, um, you know, ditch the witch and... um, I don't know, there's some ramblings in there, incredibly sad times, and sadly, more and more reasons uh, for us to keep on talking. Oh, and something on our Facebook. I'm getting my um, debating game up. Oh, with the penguin. (laughs) You're Batman and he was the penguin. How did that American troll make it onto our channel? I have no idea. I don't know. You do the socials. Some sort of hashtag or something. What did you do, Damien? What did you do? Oh, I, I like getting, I like making our posts sticky and that does sound gross, but it's a term that is used in the industry I'm in. Um, yeah, have a look at our Facebook feed. That's a, that's a bit of fun. All Men Can Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, All Men Can AU. And there's a Gmail thrown in there somewhere as well. So you can give us a scathing review. Give us a one star review. I dare you. Uh, go to the iTunesy thing. Uh, a special, the next episode you'll hear uh, will be a bit of a throwback for, from one that with uh, a story or an exclusive interview that Ant had done solo. I was just um, on the sidelines for that one, but we had to sit on it for a variety of reasons. Do you want to give a little um, a teaser for that one for the next step, Ant? Yeah, sure. Um, Tash, who runs the Violence Against Women Action Group on Facebook, uh, who is based in Phillip Island. She became quite active in the days, weeks following the murder of Samantha Fraser, who was a mum of three who was uh, found dead in her garage at home. Uh, So that uh, we talked about what was going on in the community, the impact of uh, that death, and also what sort of resources are available to women and families in that little part of Victoria. Which is very similar to so many other little parts around the world. That's the that's the sad thing. But anyway, thanks for that. Uh, wish we could have chatted under... W- w- would have been great if we could have just talked about razor blades th- this time around. But again, we've got another, another tragedy on our hands. And um, as uh, Clem Ford uh, hinted to in her article, 
We're just waiting to find out the name of the next individual who will lose her life randomly to, to, to the hands of, um, of a stranger. And, you know, we'll find out about the ones who, uh, you know, the women who lose their lives to the hands of, of their current or former partner too. It's just a part of the reality of dying in Australia, sadly. On that cheery note, peace. Peace.